God, give us vision that we might see all there is to see and do what is ours to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hear from Esther Vollmer this morning who has, is coming to tell us about Vision 2020, investing in our future together. Let's listen carefully as Esther comes and speaks to us. I came to Highland hurt and wary of the capital C church, of its many rules and regulations, frustrated by its history of harmful, hurtful, and hateful words to those it deemed as other. I was pretty sure the church was no longer a place for me, but as I walked through Highland's doors, I was willing to try one more time. Here at Highland, I saw a new side of the church, a better side. I saw love and acceptance and abundance of both to everyone. I saw a heart for justice in Louisville and across the globe. It's just one of the many things that drew me to Highland and empowered me to stay. In a tumultuous political climate that espouses fear, fear of refugees, of our LGBT friends, of our black neighbors, Highland is a voice of love, hope, and acceptance. I found a home here in the young adult community, a vibrant group of people with diverse passions, interests, and skills. Diversity of thought and opinion are valued and encouraged. A passion for justice and peace resonates in the conversations I have with my peers. This vast and varied group of students, professionals, healthcare workers, parents, ministers, teachers, wanderers, and more gather to learn, to care for each other, and to act. We bring these passions with us through the church doors, and here we find resource. This church not only encourages our passions, you empower us to do them, and you join us in good and holy work. As we we begin this season of Vision 2020 and planning for the future of Highland, I'm excited to see where our passions for love and justice take us, and what new opportunities unfold for us to do just as our Hebrew lesson today instructs and calls us to, to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. with me. Truly, may we see what is ours to see and do what is ours to do, O God. May scripture and sermon, may song and sacred community all play their role that spirit can use to shape the vision of this church, to shape the vision of families within this community, to shape each one of us to be the people you're calling us to be. In the name and in the power of Jesus, who is the Christ, we pray. Amen. 
Well, my sermon title is a shameless ripoff of a line from a 1980 movie entitled The Blues Brothers. It was produced uh, nine years before Perry was born, uh, but um, it's an old movie. It's a parody about some ne'er-do-wells who end up doing well, and one of the lines in the movie is, we're on a mission from God. It's a laugh line, actually. But the truth is, it is an experience that people have of experiencing a leading by the presence of something within them, beyond them, around them, working through them. This is not an image of being led by God as if God was a puppeteer up in the sky, directing everything that we do. Nor is it a vision of God as a pre-programmed computer who has all of the future mapped out. Nor is it a picture of God who treats humanity like robots that are programmed to do what God wants done. But rather, being led by God in this sense is finding that center, that sacred source, whose way is revealed in the teachings and in the life of Jesus to be true and sacred and right. And when we sing these songs of faith, when we hear the ancient text, there's something in us. We can feel it in the, in the moment. Oh, this is true. This is what God dreams. This is the vision of God. To be led by God is to join Jesus' creative healing work of love, which is always at work in the world and always wanting to break forth in the world. I'm the vine, said Jesus. You're the branches. Abide in me, and together we will change the world. Unfortunately, most people look at Christianity and make the assumption that Jesus actually came into the world to create a tribe, a tribe, a little group who will fight and compete against other tribes, our tribes better than other tribes, right? Or to create a club that has rules and rituals and regulations that keep some people out while other people are welcomed in. These are false images of the church. These are false images of the church. Jesus came to use his body and his words to reveal the vision of God, to invite humanity and all of creation to see the world as God sees the world, to catch the vision of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, said Jesus. Blessed are those who who see beyond their, their own rank in life. Whether they're literally poor, they're poor in spirit. They identify with those who are poor. They see beyond class. They see beyond their privilege. And they recognize we're all, all of us, children of God. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are merciful. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are people who wake up hungry for God's way to break forth in the world. Blessed are peacemakers. Blessed are the pure in heart. In other words, to be blessed is to have your eyes focused on the vision of God. And in our limited human way, We see. We see maybe just a glimpse. As Paul said, we see through the mirror dimly. But we do see. 
We may only understand in part, but we see something that is pulling us, wooing us, drawing us toward that which is whole and that which is love. So we know, we know. Before Jesus tells us, we know that we, when we exploit or hurt or demean or desecrate anyone or anything, we're doing it to Jesus. And conversely, whenever we help or heal or bless or consecrate anything or anyone, we're doing it to Jesus. And this isn't just about sucking up to Jesus. This is about recognizing Jesus is everywhere. And Jesus wants us to see what God dreams for this world, to live in sync with creation, with life, with harmony and purpose and peace and abundance. Abundance. This feels to me to be the role of the church. The church is the group of people who notice and name And join these sacred God movements. We celebrate them. We point them out. We we don't run around with a bunch of God labels in our... And stick the name of God on every single thing. Sort of like the European explorers did back in the 15th and 16th century. This is mine. That's mine. South America is mine. The islands are mine. But rather we use this sacred story we've been given. From Genesis to Revelation. And we tell it and we we, we present it in such a way that the world is invited to see God already at work. This creator who created life such that there is enough for everyone. Who wanted the people to resist bowing to kings. Who sent the people prophets to speak truth to power. And in the fullness of time sent Jesus to say, hey. Here's the way. Here's the truth. Here's the life. To frame and name those sacred God moments, but never try to restrain or contain or claim them. Never try to put a patent on them or a trademark or a copyright as if to say, we're right, everyone else is wrong. But rather... To say, whether you believe it or not, whether you're part of our club or not, look what's happening. It brings us together. It harmonizes the world. It allows everything to find its place so that nothing is wasted and everything belongs. We see it. We we, we tell stories about it. A few weeks ago, I actually brought in a poster from our home. It's a poster we've had for 25 years. And I told you the story about how we had remodeled our kitchen and we wanted to retire the poster. But we love the poster. So we decided we'd buy a new poster, maybe one that's not so faded. And long story short, we talked to the artist, now 80 years old. His vision for the world is Highland's vision for the world. For for, for years, for decades, he, he's lived out in California, and with his art, he has conveyed the message. He has borne the vision of God out and into the world. And he told me, I do my art in order to fund my mission. So I said, so you're telling me that if I buy a serograph, hundreds of dollars, 
that that money will go to promote this mission? I'll take one, I said. It came this week. It is more beautiful than I could have ever imagined. But that's not all of the story. The rest of the story is is he sent me a box of posters, these lovely posters that are his art and quotations from everyone, from Daniel Berrigan to Mahatma Gandhi to to, uh, Pope Francis. And these posters are sacred messages of God. What do I do with them, I wondered. I started to devise a plan. Well, I'll go to coffee shops and I'll put these out. And I said, just wait, just wait. And it will be revealed. And over the course of the last week, people have appeared in our homes who needed one of those posters. Take this, I said. This is, this is yours. I'm just with the steward here. You take this. Do whatever you want with it. And let this message go out. Now, you can call that a coincidence. But for me, the name for that is God. We finished the, 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 the uh, kitchen work. It only took from before Labor Day till after Christmas, but we're in our kitchen. So we had a little open house on Friday night, mainly to celebrate all the workers, the plumbers, the electricians, the cabinet makers who had helped put our kitchen back together. We also invited some neighbors, and to our surprise, all of our neighbors came Because it was the first time in 20 years that anyone had ever invited another neighbor into their home. And an amazing thing happened. People began to exchange phone numbers, talk about dogs, uh, uh, invite each other to their homes to talk about getting together again. We met a young couple who had just moved to the city. Their vision for what is important in this world is exactly what we're doing here at Highland. You can call that coincidence. But for me, the name of that is God. Ask Perry about coming here. It's not coincidence. And by that, we don't mean God manipulated the events and circumstances. What we mean is that when people's eyes are open, something sacred is at work that brings things together. A member of our church... uh, has a mother who actually now has passed away. She told us a story yesterday about how they returned her mother to her home. Her dying wishes was to die at home, so they got her from the hospital back to the home. Things were just settling in when there was a knock on the door. Her father went to answer the door, and at the door was a woman who lived directly across the street. They'd never spoken Because the woman across the street is black and, well, he just doesn't talk to black people. She said, I saw the cars. I I just want to make sure everything's okay. He said, yes, thank you. My wife is dying. I'm so sorry, she said. I'm a personal care nurse. I work with hospice. I volunteer with hospice. Could I come every couple of hours and turn her so that she's comfortable. He told his daughter, she's black, but she's the nicest woman. Now you can call that a coincidence. But for me, the name for that is God. The sacred energy of love 
that brings things together and reveals things to us when we open the door. We notice it. We name it. God is nearby. There's the sacred at work in ways that we can't detect, and yet we celebrate. It's what Perry said the youth taught him. God's at work even when we're not even noticing it. And we begin to see and we begin to interpret our world in a new way. It's the vision of God. It's sacred 2020 vision to see the world that God has made us differently. And that's good. It's good that we're different. So we diversify how we embody the vision. John August Swanson paints. He's a painter. He expresses his love for God through his painting. Other people, like the choir, express theirs through song. Some will get up and march and advocate. Some will pray. Some will stay behind and cook and clean. Some will notice that our front doors in this historic building are falling apart and take action. Others will come along after them every week and open those doors for more people to come in. Still others will put money into the offering plate to ensure that these doors remain open for a long, long time. It's all part of the sacred work of love that God is calling us to. If ever the world needed the church to be the church, today is the day. But it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. What we experience as God, the world reduces to foolishness. It's impractical. It doesn't work. The world looks at God, this culture we live in, looks at God and sees God mostly as an American, as a man, and as an ally to the ruling class. It is on us to help paint a new vision of who God is in this world. And as we do, they will try to marginalize us. They will try to demonize us. They'll try to ridicule us. They'll call us liberal as if that's a bad term. It comes from the same word as the word liberate, which is what God did through Moses to the children of Israel to set them free. It's our work. They'll accuse us of being unpatriotic. They'll say, you question Caesar's authority. And we'll say, yes, we do. We trust in God. They'll say, trust us, but we don't have to trust them. We trust in God. Wendell Berry writes, though you've done nothing shameful, they'll want you to be ashamed. They'll want you to kneel and weep and say that you should have been like them. And once you say you're ashamed reading the page that they hold out to you, then such light as you have made in history will leave you. They'll no longer need to pursue you. You'll pursue them begging forgiveness. They will not forgive you. There is no power against them. It is only candor that is aloof from them. Only an inward clarity, unashamed that they cannot be that cannot be reached. So be ready. When their light has picked you out and their questions have been asked, 
you say to them, I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed. A sure horizon will come around you. And the heron will begin his evening flight from the hilltop. Blessed are you, said Jesus, when people revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely. Rejoice and be glad. Great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who came before you. In other words, blessed are the faithful. Not the successful, the faithful. Of course we hope for success because our vision is about the wholeness of humanity. But we try to leave our egos out of it. Thomas Merton, the great Trappist monk, wrote a letter to a young activist where he reminds him, don't depend on the hope of the results. When you do the kind of work you've taken to, you have to face the fact that your work will appear to everyone else as worthless. That it will achieve no results or the results will be the opposite of what you expected. Merton instructs, as you get used to this idea, you concentrate not on the results. You concentrate on the value, the rightness the truth of the work itself, and gradually you struggle less and less for an idea and more for people, specific people. The range narrows down, but it gets more real, and in the end it's the reality of personal relationships that save everything. All the good that you do, Merton writes, won't come from you. You are allowing yourself to be used by God's love. And gradually, you don't need to prove yourself anymore. You're just open to the power to work through you without you even knowing it. If ever there was a day when the world needed the church to be faithful, Today is the day. Merton wrote that young activist. I see nothing in sight but much disappointment, frustration, and confusion. The real hope is not in something we can do. The real hope is in God, who is making something good out of it in ways that we cannot see. If we can do God's will, we'll be helping. But we can't know about it beforehand. You just have to trust. Are we willing? Do we trust it? Do we believe this stuff enough? The teachings and life of Jesus, do we believe it enough? that we're willing to follow. In Lord of the Rings, Frodo says, man, I wish the ring had never come to me, the ring of power, this raw, wild power. I wish none of this had happened. 
Gandalf the wise wizard replies, so do all who have seen such times, but that's not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what we're going to do with the time that's been given to us. There are other forces at work in this world, Frodo, besides the will of evil. We're on a mission from God. May we see what is ours to see. May we do what is ours to do. Let's sing together.